Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Amen. Well, I just really encourage you guys um, not only to come ready uh, during revival, this revival, this homecoming revival, but to get excited about next week because Pastor Bill Cornelius uh, is truly from Church Unlimited, one of the most unbelievable pastors in the country. His message that I, I don't know what message he's gonna preach, but he has a particular message that is one of my favorite messages from anyone. Uh, And it is about prayer. Uh, He may not even preach it next week, but if he does, we are very, very fortunate because this is an actual life-changing message. Uh, that I encourage you not only be here, but invite someone, bring somebody with you to experience what is going to happen next week at Homecoming Revival. I want you guys to know we've got some really strong relief efforts in place for Puerto Rico right now uh, for a lot of the things that have taken place there through the storms. And we're putting together some really powerful stuff uh, to happen on the ground. So that's in the works. Uh, also, you know, we're praying for this storm. Uh, to, you know, when, when you see something coming towards you and, and the news is showing that these things are, are headed toward you, you don't get in fear. But I think prayer is important. And, and, and we got to make sure that we live our lives, not just kind of dealing with, well, whatever happens, happens. We can pray for protection. We can pray that God uh, doesn't cause, you know, the kind of stress that that stuff puts on our economy, on people's lives, on people's businesses, things like that. And just for safety, I just pray it just disappears. You know, I hope it just goes away. It just kind of ends up not, not as big as everyone thinks it is. But even if it does, we got a God that's with us in the middle of the storm. So, so I thank the Lord for what he's doing. I continue and I urge you to, to pray with me. We'll just pray right now. Father, we thank you uh, over your, everything you're doing in our, our life here at City of Life and uh, this revival that you're moving. Uh, but we've got some things going on in our world that... We lift up to you right now some of the needs in Puerto Rico. We just ask you for help for this storm. Uh, pray protection over our, our, our state. Uh, pray for protection over uh, St. Cloud, Kissimmee, Orlando, City of Life. Uh, we pray for no loss of life. Uh, we pray that your goodness and your sovereignty, your faithfulness would be seen even through the challenging things that are hard to describe, uh, that we'd see your faithfulness through it all. We thank you for your goodness, and our life is in your hands. And We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, I love what God is doing here. I love what God has been uh, speaking to us the last few weeks. He's been talking to us uh, about what it looks like to experience revival and some of the things that happen during revival. Uh, And I think one of my texts last week that I got into was Judges chapter 6, where we're looking at Gideon. And when you think about the story of Gideon, if you're going to get anything out of this message, I think it's important to understand what Gideon is doing and who he is before the message is going to be that powerful to you. So if you could imagine Israel, who God loves so much that he brought out of Egypt in captivity for hundreds of years, God liberates them, frees them, dynamically causes them to escape from the most powerful nation in the world, opens up the... Uh, The Red Sea, they're able to pass through. It falls on the armies of Egypt. It's just an incredible story. Then he sends them finally to this promised land, a a land overflowing with milk and honey, which represents the best of everything. So they're going to have this land to possess. They finally get in this land. And when they get in this land, they have people that are oppressing them. So they already have the promise that God has promised to them. But other people are taking their blessing. Look at someone next to you. Say, don't let somebody else take your blessing. It's interesting. 
Because the things that God has given us, we have to take a hold of them. We've got to retain them and we've got to protect them. How many people know if I'm out at dinner and somebody walks up and says, my wa- says to my wife, well, I like you. I think I'm going to take you with me. No, they're not. It's like, hey, buddy, I found her. Yeah, we, yeah this has been a long deal. You ain't taking her just because you like what you see. You've got to protect. Amen. You've got to protect and hold on to the things that are yours. Sometimes you've got to fight for the things that are yours. Can I get an Amen. You know, it's not a flesh and blood battle, but it can be if you start messing with the wrong things. You've got to fight to protect what is yours in this life. You can't let squatters come in and occupy what belongs to you. You say, well, that sounds harsh. No, it doesn't. Because if you allow the enemy spiritually to set up camp in the stuff that God has promised you, he will occupy it to every single part. He will not leave anything left for you. You have to claim what is yours. And Gideon is representative of a cultural problem that Israel has. They've been given the promise, but the very God that gave the promise to them, they started ignoring him once they got the promise. Has that ever happened to you before? Has God ever blessed you in certain areas of your life where you can see goodness Uh, And and so many things, and you know it's from God, but rather than continuing to honor and praise God, habits begin to take place in your life where you forget to worship as much. You forget to thank God, and maybe even you let other things creep in. I had someone the other day, uh, there was a church person, they're like, Pastor Jeff, are you a Leo? Because you remind me of a Leo. I'm like... Uh, yeah, I think that I am technically a Leo. I was like, but let me just tell you something. Can I say something without hurting your feelings? I'm like, horoscope is whack. I was like, it's not godly. It's, it's, it's demonic. Okay, it, it, it literally has nothing to do with scripture. And, and this is a good example. Something small like that is a good example of how we let dueling ideologies occupy our brain, in our life. You, you have to be consistent. You know, a, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And, and when we're talking about the house of our life, we have to have the word of God and our worship of God as the primary thing in our heart and our soul. We can't let something that conflicts with that come into our world. And this is what happened to Israel. They started worshiping other gods. They started worshiping Baal. Uh, They had an Asherah pole right in the middle of their camp, which kind of, that represented the goddess of fertility. Or, or, so it's like the the false Jehovah Jireh. The the, the provision that comes from the things that we can conjure. But they do not come from God. So this very statue that's erected in their camp is right there in the middle of Israel where Gideon lives And this is what the culture has done. So before we start talking about revival, let's talk about why we need revival. It's not really in my notes, but one of the reasons we need revival is when our culture has gotten off base. And when we have gotten off base. When we're not giving our full devotion to God, when we're worshiping God a little bit on Sundays, but then other things a little bit on Mondays and Tuesdays, maybe even on Sunday afternoon, we're worshiping something else. We've got to come back to this place. And, and what, what happens is when you put your 
affections in the wrong place, you start misusing things. Even where we find Gideon, he's in a wine press threshing wheat. How many people know that wine presses are not made for threshing wheat? They're made for pressing grapes to create wine. So he's misusing something uh, because of the bad situation that his heart is in. He's having to misuse. I wonder how many of us are misusing our gifts because our heart is in the wrong place. Rather than living for the thing that we were intended to live for, we're making use of things. And he's learning how to, why is he doing it? Because the, the Midianites would come in and destroy and steal all of their crops if they did it out in the open. So he's having to hide. I got news for you. God is for you. He's made every provision for you. He wants you to win. He wants you to prosper. Jesus has done all of this on the cross already. You don't have to figure anything out today other than giving your heart and soul completely to God and making a decision today that you want his best way for your life. And when you do that, he's going to allow you to experience revival. I believe today that whatever the enemy has taken away from you, if you'll just turn your heart back to God, it's going to come back even seven times more than what he took from you. I believe there's something happening here today where if people will just get their hearts stirred up, that I, somebody say, I want revival. Judges 6 tells us that Israel did evil in the side eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Some of the consequences, I said this a few weeks ago, some of the consequences that we experience that we say, God, get me out of this. He's like, you put yourself here because I told you, go this way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's saying, here is the road. Here is the way you live. This is the road. And you say, well, I want to go this way. God, get me out of here. You're over here. He said, go this way. And you're over here saying, get me out of here. Most of the time, do you know what he will do? We're expecting him to transport us. He will go like this. And then he'll step back. And then if you keep walking over here. God, get me out of here. He might come right back here and go, hey, right, right back there. Right back there. But don't expect that he's going to pick you up all the time and take you back and put you on the path. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by him. We have to come to Jesus first. So we got to turn our hearts back toward heaven today. we got to get our heart going back in the right direction. And I think once we do... We can start experiencing some of these powerful things. And I love that finally, you know, I preached about it last week, that Israel got sick of their situation. And it says they were greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and they finally cried out to God. And last week, we talked about crying out to God. I want to ask an honest question. How many people cried out to God this week in your prayer time? Did anyone cry out? I, I challenge everyone to cry out for five minutes. I'm going to tell you something. I can tell you did because in our worship today, it was lit right when we started. Everyone was coming in. Everyone was ready. They were hungry. You could tell. And I believe as we continue to cry out, we're going to continue to see God's presence in a greater way than we've ever seen before. Uh, but you got to cry out from your situation. So I love that Judges 6, 6, uh, it says they cried out to the Lord. And then we go on to verse 8 in Judges 6. It says that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth from the hand of bondage. I think it is important to know that before the revival here, God sends a prophet. 
God sends somebody that speaks. And I think you've got a lot of prophetic words that come from our church. You've got a lot of prophetic words. And I believe that the prophetic gift is very strong here. When we speak out God's word and we bring that encouragement, we bring that correction through the word, you're hearing the prophetic in action. So when, when, when you're hearing that revival is coming to our city, that God is going to move in Kissimmee and St. Cloud and Orlando, we're going to see a move of God unlike anything that we've ever seen before. That's prophetic. That's a prophetic word. And it's important to know here that there is a difference. Now, and, and we can tell why we need revival. We need revival because what we're talking about happened to Israel has happened to our city. It's happened to our county. It's happened to our, our region. We need to get back to God. We need to get sick of things that are not working and cry out for God, for a move of God in our city. Who's going to cry out for your school, for your job, for your neighborhood? That's what we have to do. And in this passage, God sends a prophet. And revival is preceded with God sending a man with his message. The man may not come from the accepted religious section. Sometimes this is, you know, prophets can be kind of strange. Uh, Levon Hira, who was a great friend of my family and dear friends of my mom and dad. Levon Hira was an unbelievable prophet who just recently passed away. And Levon used to come to our church for years. And she would just... Prophesy. She would get up and begin to just speak God's word prophetically and, and connect how things, you know, I mean, I remember before Mia was born, said, this, this girl is going to be so beautiful. We, we didn't know anything about her. Didn't know if it was a boy or girl. So it's a girl. And she's going to be beautiful. And she's going to have, you know, peace all over her life. And she's going to, like, she just spoke all kinds of prophetic things about our church, uh, about our family. And, and the prophets, and I'm going to tell you something, Levon was a little weird. Uh, and you say, well, what does that mean? It just means that she was. But I loved her so much. She would, you know, I'd be sitting with her. And we, one time we were in Honduras. And she goes, Poof. I'm like, Lord, what is she going crazy? She's doing karate on something. I said, Levana, I said, you look like you're doing karate. And she said, I am. She said, on the devil. I mean, she was just praying against some devil that was coming up. That was, she was praying in her head. She saw like these things that were at the place where we were about to go preach. And she said, I just see in my spirit that there are some strongholds there that need to be broken. She said, Jeff, pray with me. So we started praying together. So sometimes when you get into what God is about to do and, and, and people are you know, singing new songs and taking things in different directions and it's uncomfortable, that's prophetic. But that's when God says, I'm stirring something up. The old is not working anymore. It's time for something brand new. It's time for us to get hungry for the next move. And what I love about prophecy is, you know, there's a difference. Historians can tell you what happened, but only a prophet can tell you spiritually why it happened. See, and that's what we're coming into is something brand new right now that is going to really address a lot of the previous issues culturally of people straying from God. We've got to get back to his word. We've got to get back to the truth of God's word. Get back to regular devotion, to spending time in his presence personally. I'm going to tell you something. Social media, I don't think that it's a bad thing in and of itself, but I think it is one of the worst things in the world right now if it is not maintained. I think in the same way, money by itself is not bad. Jesus didn't even say money was bad. He said the, the love of money is the root of all evil. So in the same type of way, money is a terrible thing. If you get a lot of it and you, your heart is not right, it'll destroy your life. And in the same way, 
I think when Christians have allowed social media to, to replace their time personally in the Bible, you say, well, what do you call the Bible? Do you believe it can be digital? I, I do believe that it can. You can read your Bible from your phone. But I think that being in God's word, not even a commentary, I think sometimes when we get into, sometimes we just read commentaries, what other people say about the Bible, and it's great for you to hear me preaching, but I encourage every person that listens and watches, read the book yourself. Let me be a shepherd that is encouraging you and leading you into the pasture where you take it and look at it and fact check it. Is that guy saying what's actually there? Is he just saying some version of it to get me to think something? That's important for you to ask yourself. I mean, people do this on social media all the time. So we cannot let social media take the place of our devotion to Jesus personally. So the prophetic gets us stirred up and, and it gets us ready to, to just kind of be repentant of the way we've been living. I think the prophetic really does that. It causes us to, to get shaken up and uncomfortable. If you're, if you're not uncomfortable right now, you're not paying attention. Because you should be a little bit uncomfortable. You shouldn't be able to sit here and just be comfortable when God is moving like John the Baptist. When John the Baptist came, Israel needed revival. It needed someone to start screaming out and crying out to people. You know, it needed being shaken up a little bit. John was sent from God. And in the same way, as the prophetic starts to move in our world and in our city and in our country... I believe that don't misjudge people if they're a little bit rough around the edges because prophets in the Bible like to walk around, you know, not naked. But I mean, I guess some of them were naked, but I'm not encouraging naked prophesying. I'm just saying that, that, that prophets, according to the Bible, are pretty strange guys and, and, and ladies. I mean, it's, 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 it's a, uh, you, can't, you, you can't really put it in a box the way God wants to move. When God wants to move, you've got to be ready for some unusual things. Okay, so then another thing, I love this, this is so good right here. In, in verse 16, it says, The Lord said unto to him, unto Gideon, this is as God is speaking to Gideon while he's hiding in the winepress. He says, Surely I will be with you, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Now you have to know that Gideon is the weakest, smallest guy in his whole family. He literally is hiding in this wine press, which is being misused for threshing wheat. He's, he's literally in a hiding position when God, an angel, comes to him and says, Hey, you, I'm going to use you to transform this nation. I don't know what you're going through today, but none of you are hiding in a wine press right now. Uh, so I, I don't know what kind of failure you have or what kind of insecurities that you have in your life. But it couldn't really be much worse than what this guy was going through. And God looked right at him and said, I'm going to use you to set a nation free. Look at someone next to you and say, God is going to use you to help bring revival to this city. Come on, look at the person on the other side. Say it like you mean it. Type it in the chat today. Say, God is going to use you. Tell someone in that chat, God is going to use you to help bring about revival in this city. I mean, is there only three people that are excited about that? I'd get excited about that. I love all the, if you've never heard the scripture, if you've never heard, read that chapter, it's just so, so great when, when, the, the, is, when the angel speaks to him. And, uh, you know, he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Don't you love that God sees us the way he sees us, not the way we see ourselves? And I call you that today. You're a mighty warrior today. You are a mighty warrior. You are a mighty warrior today. It doesn't matter who is 
walked on you. It doesn't matter who has hurt you. It doesn't matter who has left you. It doesn't matter who has beat you up. It doesn't matter who has made you weak. He has made you strong today. And you are a mighty warrior today in the name of Jesus. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, I'm a mighty warrior. Don't say that too loud. We'll go outside and fight some people. You get me excited. I get fired up. You start talking about my mighty warriors and stuff like that. I like that. It's, that's, that's getting me going. And, and Florida State won last night. We're 4-0, so I'm just ready to scream. And by the way, if you ever wonder why we, we shout in church, you ever wonder that? Like, why well, these people, they come up, they say praise the Lord, and they scream. I think that you, your personality for God better match your excitement in other things in life. If you're a person that gets excited about things and gets lit about all these things in life, you come to church talking about You gotta add some gears. You gotta add some gears. If you got some, I mean, if you got your quiet time, like you're meditating stuff, I get it. We need devotion. We need quiet. We need some meditation. But you gotta get lit sometime. The Bible says, shout with a voice of triumph. The Bible says, we gotta shout, hallelujah, praise the Lord, clap your hands unto God. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, with joy in our heart. That's why we got the kind of church we do. We just don't want to be hypocrites because we know we'd be screaming in the concerts and the football game. But we're going to take it to another level when we're in church because we're talking about Jesus. And he deserves the praise. He deserves the praise. Amen. Minus seven minutes and 14 seconds. I'm already behind again today. But we're okay. And I'm only on point number three. But we got eight of them. Okay. So I'm going to land it right now. And I'm just going to tell you that revival is here. God uses all kinds of methods to get to his people. And I think one of those is the prophetic. I think we're seeing prophetic happen. I think we saw it here today. I think we've seen it for months. One of the things I love, we had a Holy, Holy Ghost service, like a Holy Spirit Wednesday night series that we did last year. And... Uh, my son, Jude, in, in that meeting, took the microphone. There were prophecies that were going on all over the place. And he said, next year, revival is coming to our youth. He spoke in front of our whole church. He said, in 2022, he said, revival is coming to our youth. And we didn't really know what that looked like. But I'll tell you this right now. The last couple of weeks, we've had over 100 kids at every single icon. We broke that number. We've been up in over 100 at icon. We're experiencing revival. So when you start seeing the prophetic happen, and you turn around and you go, whoa, this is actually happening. God is moving. This, you can't make this stuff up. This is real. Get ready. Look at a couple people around you. Touch five people say, get ready. Come on, it's, it's coming. We're, we're, we're just on the front part of this thing. I like this right here. I'm just going to leave you with this little tidbit. I don't know when I'm going to finish this because we got a bunch of other... Uh, preachers that are coming. I think we got like four weeks of some of the best preachers in the world. Like, and, and the, I think Nicole, David and Nicole Binion are going to be here. I may have to do an Instagram live or I may have to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do because this is a really good message. There's eight points on here and they're all good. I'm only on three right now. So we're going to figure out a way to get the rest of this thing about Gideon. It's just such a good story. But I will say that this last one, no, I'll save that one. It's, it, I'll save that one. 
uh, prophetic. Let, let, let's land on the prophetic because that's what I think God is doing right now. Love you guys. I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and our city. I'm excited about Blink. I encourage every single one of you, please buy tickets. I think that we sold 1,600 or 2,000 tickets the first day. Uh, this, this is like two weeks. They've been on sale for like two weeks. I mean, so when, when, when Pastor Anthony is telling you to get your seats, please do not miss. Uh, it happens every single year where people think, they're like, oh, I'm going to see that. I'll buy tickets. There are no tickets. There's only, is it, is it seven or eight? It's seven performances. We're not even doing as many as we did in the past. Uh, so it's really important for you to get your tickets, to be buying these tickets for other people. We're going to see, uh, I believe, thousands of people uh, come to Jesus. It's going to be really, really incredible. But before we do that, I want to give an opportunity for everyone here to make sure your heart is right with God today and that you know Jesus. Could you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you do not know the Lord or you have not surrendered your life and your heart to the Lord, that's what I want you to consider right now. When you think about the stakes of what Jesus really did, you think about that he was really a person who really was God and became a human being to live this life perfectly so that he could stand in and take the punishment that you and I deserved. It really happened. When you think about that, you think about how much love it would take to give your life when you had committed no sin for someone else, collectively, the sins of the world that committed all the sins. You're paying for everything you didn't do. How much love would you have to have to do that? And that's the love that Jesus has for you. He cares for you today. He deserves for you to surrender your whole heart to him. If you believe he loved you like that, he doesn't deserve some partial surrender. So if that's you today, I want to invite you to know Jesus. To give your heart to him. Surrender your heart to him. No one's looking around. If that's you today, you say, I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior for watching online. I need Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I'm going to ask those that are watching online, those that are in this room, to just lift your hand right on three. As just an act of faith, just lift your hand up in the air on three. On that number, just lift it up. Say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. This is going to be symbolic for me of me surrendering my life to God. I'm ready to give over my heart, begin to follow Jesus, become a follower of Christ. That's you on three. One, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe every person that is here today has been drawn here by the power of the Holy Spirit for this very moment. Three, hands up all over the room if that's you. Hands going up in every single section, every single section, every section. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Online, as you lift your hand, would you just type in that chat, I'm lifting my hand right now so our moderators and our team can see you and pray with you and encourage you today. I'm lifting up my hand. Would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Say, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I'm turning away from the old life, walking into a brand new life with you. Thank you for loving me, for dying for my sins so I could have eternal life. You took my sins to the grave. And when you resurrected, it gave me an opportunity to experience this new life. 
So I'll serve you from this day forward, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God a great praise today. Amen. Love you guys. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.